0: How would the world change if you were an exceptional communicator? You said it the way you said it because that's the way it needed to be said in the moment. It's all about showing rather than telling people.
1: The whole idea was to create bingeable content. And you don't have to spend millions of
0: dollars in Spielberg production to get an outcome. Within 24 hours of opening that email, we could tell they are watching that the full 20 minutes.
1: And video is the most powerful tool for convincing and converting.
0: And this is all the better. it can only get better. Can only get better hello video marketing professionals and welcome to the podcast that takes the mystery out of producing videos i'm your host chris schwager and today our guest is chet lovegren from los angeles who's a director of sales development at pavilion which is a career enablement platform designed to help go to market teams with top talent provide skill training certification and career support he also has his own show the sales rx podcast which provides education for people looking to remedy their revenue problems chet's going to tell us how his sales development representatives or sdrs are getting amazing results using videos in their prospecting phase of their business and so i'm super super excited to get some hacks that we can use in our business so to give us more insights here's our chat with chet Lovegrin.
1: i've been a sales professional for almost a decade now Um, also the last three years I've kind of spent in sales management was always kind of a full cycle rep. So when I actually jumped into software in 2019, it was kind of weird to me that there was this role called SDR and I was an account executive, which was somebody responsible for closing deals. And I said, well, what's an SDR. And they're like, oh, that's the person that does all the outreach for you and books the appointment. And I said, all the stuff I was doing before was walking door to door, knocking on doors, cold calling people, cold emailing them, sending brochures. That's done for me now. Like, I just get people that want to talk about what I can do for them. And they're like, yeah, that's what a sales development rep is. That's in your SDR. And I'm like, okay, well, this is great. But what do I do with these, you know, six years of sales experience where I've been a full cycle rep and I've been doing all that top of funnel stuff and I didn't have marketing to rely on. And I was out there, you know, pounding the streets and hitting the pavement and knocking on doors. So what made me really successful as an individual contributor was I continued doing that stuff. And more importantly, I found other things that worked, which was for me, video. Video was a big part of my sales process as an individual contributor. It was something that was really important to me because I noticed there was a big gap after presentations or demos when you would send a proposal or you would send pricing or you would send some sort of presentation template and you would get ghosted. Now, there were things I could do in discovery that would help prevent that from happening. But more importantly, I noticed that I was sending these presentations or these decks that are these immaculate, awesome-looking, marketing-branded decks with, hey, here are your three problems, and this is how we can help, and all these other things about us and the relationship we can have with this company. And there was nothing behind it. And so I realized that you know PowerPoints were never meant to be shared and not narrated. So I started implementing video into every part of my process, whether it was a brief introduction after my SDR handed off the opportunity for that initial discovery call, just sending an introduction of myself and highlighting the agenda to an after discovery follow-up video, to after the demo, sending over that presentation and that pricing with a canned five-minute video. Canned meaning like I had a basic script and outline that I followed, but kind of highlighting, hey, these are the three products that are going to help this, this, and this problem. This is how they work. This is the timeline that we talked about. This is the ongoing support. And this is some high-level pricing and information for you to take back to your board to talk about what it would look like for next steps. And so what I really found as an individual contributor was video was kind of the way. Then 2020 hits, you got higher response rates. You know, like People were more receptive to that. They saw the legwork that you were doing. And more importantly, it's the telephone game, right? If you're evaluating a tool for your boss, 90% of what I tell you is out of your ear in the first 24 hours. And so after we meet, it's maybe a week or two before you're actually going to get to talk to someone about our tool and how to implement it and this, that, the other. That's why most people are like repeat buyers, because a VP of sales, head of sales, head of operations, whatever you are, if you're a decision maker, you're very prone to not buy a new product you haven't seen or don't know of before. That's why companies like Salesforce are huge, Outreach, Drift, because they're well-known companies and people are like, oh yeah, I know that works, whether they've seen it or not. So when you are a company that has little brand recognition, or you know you're 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 not one of the Fortune 500 companies of the world, it's really important for you to give something that deletes the telephone game right? He said that she said that he said that she said that he said. And so now when they're furnishing that to their boss, it's a digestible five-minute overview of all the legwork we have done up to that point. And it also shows that, hey, everybody else just sent me the paper. This guy actually made me a video. He went in depth. He branded it. He took the time. That's probably the type of support and care I'm going to get when I'm paying these people a lot of money for their product. And so it just helped you get more buy-in and also Succinctly send the information and make sure that the information was not only heard but understood.
0: How did you get to this revelation that video was the thing? Was it incremental? Was it something you t- tested and tried or did somebody tell you about it? Because obviously for us, it's been a bit of both. Transforming and going all in on video has been the best thing that we've ever done for our sales processes. Where did you get? I mean, you, you obviously started a lot earlier than the whole lockdown, you know. W- when yeah, it was it was when I started doing software and I
1: started doing online demos when I started selling globally. I sold locally for a really long time. So I'm in the Southern California area. For the majority of my sales career, I sold locally. Right. You know, it was it was here, right? And it was something where you had to meet in person, maybe you get a digital signature for something, but it was all local. It was in your area, it was in office visits, all that kind of stuff. In 2019, when I started working in software, that's when we were able to talk to companies in Atlanta, New York, Honduras, like wherever, right? I could talk to somebody in Beijing if I wanted to. Well, you weren't in office and everything was over GoToMeeting or Zoom. Those were the two video platforms that we used. And I found myself just as a best practice sending people full copies of the demos that we would walk through. And then I realized, like, is somebody really going to rewatch that hour demo that we just did? Or do they maybe want to see the highlights? So then I started spending a lot of time just clipping the pieces that I thought were most relevant. And so now I'm sending an email with three video clips. And then I'm like, well, what if I could condense that even further? So I went from one hour demos that I was sending over video, or I'm sorry, over email, packaging up, putting it in a OneDrive, having to share the OneDrive link, they have to download it, super clunky, to three, six, maybe 10 minute clips. So now we went from an hour to 30 minutes. So then I said, what if I just condense that down into like a mini presentation? Because I know they're not the decision maker in most cases. I know they're going to their boss. Well, their boss isn't even going to give me maybe 10 minutes of their time. So how do I get that down to five minutes? And then it was kind of, hey, take take out that presentation template and package up basically the recap instead of doing it via email, do it in a video with the presentation slides, do it in less than five minutes and fire that off. And so it was that constant experimentation, which even now I still do. But it was that constant experimentation that finally led me to the well of like, here we go. Now drink from this well, because everybody's responding to you. People are asking you questions after the demo. People are wanting to jump on calls, not just to talk about pricing and what can you do for me on the pricing, but more importantly, well, hey, you called this, this, and this out. Explain that a little bit more for us. Or, hey, my boss has some questions. Can we hop on a call instead of just getting the the ghosting, right, where they just don't respond because you sent them a. Massive thing that they have yeah. to digest and nobody wants to take the time to do that.
0: Are people wanting more volumes of smaller, shorter touch points? I think that's important
1: too. Like it's it's like podcasts now too. When my podcast, one of the best parts of my podcast, it, when I release it, are the clips that I put on LinkedIn, TikTok, Instagram. I get a ton of traction from those. I probably get more collectively in terms of views and traction and impressions on those than I do on the episode as a whole. Yes. Like my, my podcast is not... I get 300 to 500 downloads at most, yes. at most. That's not a lot. Yeah, if I will front. get, I will, yeah, per episode. Yeah, yep. So on LinkedIn, if I post a clip, one clip, I can get 14,000 impressions in one day. Yep. So that is way more powerful to me. And you kind of have to be looking for my podcast or already following it or a part of it or know where I'm at in order to like get the updates on the new episodes and find me. On LinkedIn, if one person likes it, that goes to their network as well, yep. especially if the the content is ranking higher. So similar concept in sales, right? Micro doses of content, shorter amounts, shorter bits, but make those bits very intentional,
0: make them very valuable. How prevalent are you on LinkedIn in terms of in mail outreach and you know <laughs> the, the stigma I guess is attached to LinkedIn in mail outreach at the moment? It's ridiculous, except it still works, right? And it is a numbers game and what we've noticed over the years has been those messages that were say four years ago, multiple paragraphs, are now getting down to single sentence and I'm almost thinking, Jesus Christ, some of these things need to go to emojis because honestly people people sniff out the bullshit and they, they, can, they can sense mm-hmm. it pretty quickly if it's kind of like this automated spammy kind of approach um is that what you've seen as well is kind of like people just don't have time to do shit anymore they just don't want to <laughs> they don't want to read and play the silly game and waste time is kind of what i'm seeing is that the same for you
1: yeah it's like daniel h pink says and to sell is human right he says time is a resource that everybody has very little of and when you're asking for someone to take a meeting or a- asking them if they're interested in learning more you're asking them to part with a resource with the potential promise of them being better off in the end. So it's really important to hit that reward. So like I call it action by association. I also use it in objection handling. Oh, I'm busy. That's fantastic. I love talking to people that are busy. You know why? Because if you're busy, that means you probably have a lot of customers. If you have a lot of customers, that means you're probably making cash. If you have cash, you're going to pay your bills, right? Like in most cases, unless our product sucks and you want to cancel your contract. It's not normal, but I love busy customers. Just because you're busy doesn't mean we shouldn't talk. If anything, it's a reason to continue talking. So, same situation. It's like you got to highlight that reward in your LinkedIn message. And the problem, the real problem, is that probably seventy percent of in mails are automated, spammed bots of some sort that are pitching you a product that's probably not even relative to you. So, or, or relevant, I should say. So now, when you have people that are actually reaching out to people that with relevant products, like if I had something that could help level up your podcast game, right? You have a podcast. You have a great looking podcast. You have great video content that would be relevant for you. But if I'm just like spamming you about something that helps you get more leads through this, this, and this, you're like, I don't even live on that channel. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? I don't even use that channel. Yeah, That's 70% of the messaging yeah. out there.
0: So that's the problem is now. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's
1: kind of, it's kind of, exactly. It's kind of destroyed it. It's kind of destroyed LinkedIn messaging for everyone. Yes. So now that there are integrations on LinkedIn with video, I always tell people when you're prospecting. So when you're at the top of the funnel and you're reaching out to an account as an SDR and you find the persona of the person you want to talk to, first step you should always do in your sequence is add them on LinkedIn. Yep. There's a huge conversation about, do you do you add a note? Do you just do a blank fire? I actually find that blank firing is the best. Right. Like people are just like, okay, yeah,
0: let's just add Yeah, them. I don't want to read the. I don't want to have to, I'll yeah, connect, it's okay. There's, and, there's no relevance. And most people would connect, right? Like even if they don't, in lots of cases, I think this whole thing around connections, like, well, I'll build my contacts sphere and I'll, I'll, I'll look like I'm creasing my my connections. Uh, they're not so exactly. much that particular where they would, like very few. I mean, I've had one in a hundred that would <laughs> say to me, I don't connect with people that I don't think are going to be right for my for my uh contacts view you know Um, uh, but yeah. apart from that most people will go yep it's it's like the new twitter yeah.
1: everybody wants more followers yeah. and more followers the second you connect with someone they're an automatic follower and everybody wants that you know the only the only group of people where i've seen they respond better to the added notes when you're talking about relevant value are ceos yes and ceos of like series b companies and higher sure. that's the only because because if you look at most of their linkedins they have less than like two thousand connections sure. they are a very select group yes. of people VPs of sales, COOs, B2B SaaS companies, digital ad companies, like media sales, all those, like the majority of
0: who's actually interacting with one another on LinkedIn, they'll just accept the request. It's a catch-22 so, though. I mean, like, you know, it's funny because people complain about the spammy in-mail stuff, but they're the ones that have actually yeah. accepted the connection. It's ironic, you know, anytime, and we're, it's very <coughs> rare that anybody has a, has a whinge to us, but you know, this looks like automated spam and, and it's not, it's a- one of our biggest outreach campaigns that we actually do, so it is a successful uh, strategy for us. The odd person every once in a while will pipe up and say, "Oh, you know, what's this?" Like, you'd think after four four messages that you'd you'd get the you, you'd get the uh, the picture that I'm not interested. And in. it's like, yeah, but we've also yeah. had people spend you know tens of thousands of dollars after the fourth message (laughs) Mm -hmm. so it's like this is prospecting and this is sales like what are you meant to do you know so um but anyway i didn't have a real question attached to that but i guess i just wanted to like illustrate the point that people make a connection that, that they are vulnerable to people wanting to communicate with them and rightly so right like whether it's spam or not like it's that's that's its function so um accept or don't accept or ignore or whatever is up to you and not interested.
1: Okay. Then why you could have easily said, no, thank you. Yeah, that's right. Like, and then if I keep going after it, it's like, okay, now you're kind of an a-hole. Yeah, going, yeah right? exactly it's like, right. You leave me alone. Exactly. Like I told you, no, thanks. Yeah. Like just be polite about it. And, right. But and, if I send you four messages or three emails, it's like, it, it's super easy. Even with LinkedIn, half the time it suggests text underneath for quick responses. It kind of reads what's being right. said. And it's like, no, thanks or not now. It's like it's not that hard you press one button same with email google you can respond no thanks yes right it's already a canned response on there easy peasy yes great you can click the unsubscribe button yes but no we choose not to do it i think it's our just our human nature that we want to be chased a little bit whether we want it or not like we kind of are like yeah keep chasing me let me see all your sales stuff what are you doing how are you targeting me are you going to win me over like i think it's just human nature a little bit that people that's why they don't say no they like a backup plan too you know they might use something similar to what we're talking about maybe they're not interested now but they like knowing that that option is always available And when they say no that option is then off the table they're not chased anymore
0: it's a such a interesting thing that in australia very few people are really doing very well at this and they, they just can't get the concept really, or have the process in place to be able to do it consistently. We've been doing it for like four years. We've done great business from from LinkedIn outreaches. And Do you consider that point of connection with or without the note, in-mail message that you might send from time to time? What we do is thank you for liking and sharing our post. Um, these are all really great areas for people just to respond and to, to be part of it. I'm just interested in your thoughts. Do you consider these, you know, like touch points in your, in your process? Like are these part of, do these sit in, inside the process?
1: In LinkedIn, there's two things that work the best for us, but you have to be connected with someone for it to work first one do the video share in your screen you're on the person's profile that's that's the that's one of the big ones right I was sick last weekend woke up today had a little bit of a, a you know stuffy nose I messaged you to just say hey like do I sound okay everything good and you have messaged me back because I was on your LinkedIn profile when I did the video and I sent it and you're like wow I thought you' were gonna like review my LinkedIn or something like that like that was really cool <laughs> right be on be on their LinkedIn what's what's really eye-catching right if if somebody's messaging you and the first thing that you see is your LinkedIn yeah, profile, exactly. it's like, what the heck is yeah, this? You know?
0: That caught my attention. I got to say, it caught my attention, but it left me disappointed. I was like, oh, I thought he was going to give me some feedback. <laughs> like, you know, I'm always welcome feedback. Like, hey, man, your profile picture looks awesome, bro. But uh, I didn't yeah. get any of that. So, but no, uh, on the whole, it, the activity absolutely worked. And then, well, and then the second one is LinkedIn voicemails. Yes. Which are highly
1: underused. Yes. And they're great because there's no preview. Yes. Everybody's going to click it. And and it's the same for video, right? You see a little preview of something. Everybody's going to click your video anyway because they don't get a lot of videos. That's why it works. It's a pattern interrupt. But the LinkedIn voicemail, there's no audio preview. It's just a blue, it's just a big blue bar with a white button. You click it, you listen to it. Easy peasy. The only caveat I have is that you can't do it on
0: desktop. You got to do it from a mobile device. LinkedIn's LinkedIn, right? That's the everybody knows it ha- has its limitations. But we respond to new connections with like a three to four second, "Hey, thanks for connecting. Have a great week." That's all we do, and people respond to that. And See, you, oh, well, wow! I didn't even know LinkedIn had voice, uh, you know, mail or whatever. So yeah, like it's the littlest things that you, if you just did it regularly, you'd you'd uh, you'd get more. Attention, I think, and I think these are the tools that are in front of us, but a lot of people don't know that they exist, so therefore, Mm -hmm. they're not really doing anything unique or different. Um, To your point about the whole screenshotting my um, LinkedIn profile, uh, a client emailed me yesterday and, and the subject line said, unprofessional conduct. (laughs) <laughs> and I was like, "Oh shit! What have I done?" <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and he goes in the message. He says, "Now that I've got your attention, I just wanted to tell you how great things are." Blah blah blah. Whatever it was, whatever the rest of the message was, <laughs> I had to call him. I had, I'd called him straight away. And we had a 20-minute yeah. chat and I said, have you got a list of these subject lines that you're kind of assembling? And he goes, yeah, I'm, I'm putting them together. I said, well, that one bloody worked really well. Like that was amazing yeah. how that worked. And so there's so much discussion around friction in marketing and, and people like particularly on LinkedIn playing it so bloody safe. Like, it's all like help content and really conservative and safe and, you know, it's useful and here's my tip and blah, blah, blah. Like, where? how do people create more friction-based, I guess, uh, content for the purposes of either marketing or, or sales? How do they keep doing that so that people disagree or, or react or, or, or act as a result? Do you guys use that? Do you guys do that much? We do it
1: to some extent. We ask an interesting question. Um, and, and one thing I have to say about subject lines is be very careful when you do use um, friction-based subject lines, so to speak. It's good because when you think about execs, like we we reach out to execs, right? So when you think about an exec, m- most of them, I'll probably <laughs> say 90% of them. I have noticed that the younger we get in the exec world, though, the, the fewer people do this. I think this is like an old school thing, but they do what's called inbox uh, inbox triage. And so they'll sit there and look at like 10, like, you know, they'll every, every three hours for 15 minutes, they'll go to their inbox and they'll look at like 10 emails in a row and they'll go, I don't know that, don't know the email, don't know the email, don't know the email, don't know the email. They'll just delete them straight out, right? That's inbox, that's inbox triage. They go 10 emails at a time. If it's not relevant, they'll just delete it. And so think about what you see when you look at a bunch of emails in a row. If you don't see a name that, you know, it's just text, right? So we've been experimenting a lot with emojis Mm. and that kind of builds a little bit more interest. Mm. We experimented with some friction based subject lines because we do uh, at Pavilion, we do like sales training, leadership training, things like that. And so we would look and see like, okay, who's this chief revenue officers, you know, head of sales. And we'll put like, Hey, what if Chris, what if Chris quits tomorrow? And that then they'll go, Oh, shh. Chris, Chris is our head of sales. Is he quitting? Yeah. And they'll open it without even knowing who it's from. Right. That gets a great open rate, right. very poor reply rate. Yeah, because it yeah, might yeah. have just given him a heart attack. Yeah, yeah. And so you have to be kind of careful yeah. with that. Where I think, where I think friction based content would be, or what you're referring to is like adding some friction. Where I think it's really valuable, is in social media. Yes. On LinkedIn, yes. I'm I'm doing a LinkedIn live tomorrow. I'm doing a cold call battle, and my my header on the thing is, "Cold calling is not dead." The only people that say that are the losers who suck at cold calling. Yes. Like, I love that because it's very it's very disruptive to say cold calling is dead, yes. you know, to sell your stupid yes. freaking email yes. course or something, yes. right? Like, yes. that's yes. that's what everybody's saying. Yes. Cold calling is not dead. It's on life support because a lot of people are really bad at it. But playing that other side of the coin where it's like cold calling is only dead because those that's the people that suck are saying that, right? Or video prospecting doesn't work because that's the people who suck yeah. at it. And so creating that kind of content where then you're informing people. And so like Pavilion is doing like a video prospecting course, right? And we were trying to push that. We did a social selling course. We were trying to push that as well. So we, we as reps at the company were creating things that were very friction based around like, you know, people will deny that this happened or, hey, go go learn how to do video prospecting or go learn how to do social selling from the person who hasn't sold in 10 years. Video prospecting and social selling is a new concept that came out of COVID, or at least what it is that's being trained upon now. So why are these people that are in their late 50s that haven't sold a damn thing in 10 years out here trying to tell people how to do it? Come to Pavilion and learn from people who do it currently. You know what I mean? Like those are the kinds of things where we're kind of creating that doubt about the status quo and getting people to think a little bit differently. But a lot of that is done not only through text, but through video. We use a lot of TikTok, use a lot of Instagram. You have to own your own brand, Your company does not own your brand. But if you're not making content as the expert in the industry that you're working in right now, you're not going to go anywhere. And that's the other important part of video to me is like creating this essentially like video paper trail of these concepts and ideas regarding your expertise, whether you sell logistics software, uh, DoorDash gift cards, I don't care what you sell, right? You need to become an expert in the industry that you're in and create content around that. And more importantly, create content that kind of fights the status quo of the pattern interrupters and the industry disruptors that are trying to say, oh, this is not, this doesn't work, or this is how this goes. Well, how would you know? Because I work in that, and these are my results. Let me share those with you. And then you show the impact and the action by association. These are other people that have worked alongside us that do X, Y, and Z. These are the results they've experienced. And that's where I think you, you can gain a lot more value. Are
0: people impatient when it comes to putting new things like this together, like new processes in place? Is it just impatience? It's like, oh, three-month went by, it didn't work, you know, or is it just like, okay, it's, in some cases, like we've had clients that are spending thousands of dollars trying to get more leads in, and they're just doing it very badly, like they're appointing different people, paying different people to cold call and drum up business and stuff like that, and it's just not working for them. Is that is that a case of the business... Just not structured in the right way to have uh, accountability for the specific areas of expenditure that they're going through and the results thereafter, I guess. The direct question is, are people impatient when it comes to putting new processes like video selling in place?
1: I don't think that companies are impatient. I think companies are inept. They don't know how to do it. They don't. They have no idea how to do it, right? Right. I think that's the first part. I think the second part is, especially in the SDR world, a lot of SDRs are fresh out of college or this is their first job in sales, right? You don't see a lot of 35 year old SDRs. They're typically mid twenties, late twenties at most. Occasionally you'll get the former educator or veteran that's in you know, 30, 31 that wants to make an industry pivot into tech sales, so they start as an SDR, right? Most commonly they're 23 to 28. There's this whole thing with Gen Z or millennial or whatever the heck we call them, where it's all about my time is very special, work-life balance, all this stuff. And they don't take the job as seriously as they should. They don't understand how serious work really is. Time is a currency you get very little of. You're constantly running out of it. If you're going to trade your life in to go work at a job, do it 150% of the way. Creating content learning how to do video well, sticking with it, firing off 10 video messages a day, sending LinkedIn voicemails. It's very easy to clock in and make 50 cold calls and send off 10 personalized emails and then let your sequence machine, whatever you're using, HubSpot, outreach, sales loft, whatever, fire off 30 canned emails in a sequence, right? It's very easy to do that. And then it's very easy at the end of the month to complain about not hitting your number. It's very hard to stay diligent and block your time appropriately. So you're doing a little bit of everything and not putting all your eggs in one basket, and really diversifying your prospecting portfolio. I'm gonna do some cold calls. I'm gonna do some double tap cold calls. I'm gonna do some personalized emails. I have some sequenced canned emails that are going out. I'm gonna send some content emails, I'm gonna send out some feedback emails, I'm gonna do some video introductions, I'm gonna do some video follow-up, I'm gonna do some LinkedIn voicemails, I'm gonna send some clips of LinkedIn posts that are relevant to these prospects in this part of the sequence. I'm gonna go tag these prospects on LinkedIn. I'm going to go send my TikTok video that I just did about why VPs of sales don't buy sales training to all my prospects right now. I'm going to go text that link somehow or get it in their inbox somehow. right? We we don't spread a lot of that over because we think we should just press the button, clock in, did my job. Yes. That's it. We don't take it 150% of the way. Man, you're trading in your life for this company right now. Why not make it make sense? Why not try to hit 150% of quota every month? The opportunity is out there because I'll tell you, The one out of every 50 SDRs who thinks that way, where they're diversifying their prospecting portfolio, doing a lot of video content, experiencing that delayed gratification, understanding what I do now is for 90 days down the Mm -hmm. road, those efforts aren't going to pay off right away. Those are the ones that get promoted to account executive in less than a year. Those are the ones that'll make six figures in their first year as an SDR. Those are the ones that are continually gratified at their work and don't get burnt out. Those are the ones that don't have the job hop every six months. But we're in this era right now where it's like, I should just be able to clock in, clock out and accept my check. Well, then you become an office drone. You're trading in a part of your life. Take it seriously. Make it make sense. Make it worth your time, Uh, which I cannot claim credit for that concept. That's actually the great Jim Rohn, who talks about taking work seriously and uh, understanding that you are trading in a part of your life for a paycheck. So you might as well make it make sense, make it count, make it as make the most out of it instead of I got to go make 50 calls today. Screw 50 calls, go make 20, but go send like 20 personalized videos. Spend an hour shooting off 30, 40 second connection videos to people
0: diverse. So you're diversifying. I mean, we're so big on this and like you, we believe in we've got print video brochure tactile stuff that goes out. So have you seen these video brochures? No, that's amazing. Yeah. So, uh, um, you know, print collateral text phone video. It's pretty much everything you can think of. We, we have a crack at it. So w- w-
1: which is smart,
0: right? It's yeah. Smart because direct mail. Well, I know this is in the States, this is
1: true, but people discount direct mail, but direct mail is making a comeback Yeah, because legally, if I send something to your corporate office, even if you're fully remote cause you're in the U S and it's, you're at a software company, you're doing tech sales. If your company is located in New York and you live in Austin, Texas, if I send it to New York, your company legally has to get you mail that was sent to you within 48 hours, right. post dated. Right. And so that I know that direct mail is going to go to your home, even if I don't have your home right. address. So direct mail in the states is actually making a comeback, which is kind of cool. I don't know. I don't know how it is over there, but that's how it is in the states right <clears>
0: now. Well, it's funny, you know. I talk about you know doing follow ups with video brochures, for instance, because that is a lumpy piece of mail, right? That that's hard not to mm-hmm. open. I've done. I just finished a yep. whole video on this i'm talking specifically about 100 of these that went out for our clients with personalized videos by the way in each video brochure so they came in the studio one flew in from melbourne to record 50 videos all with individual names company inquiry that sort of stuff was all included so 100 individual videos put into those video brochures and sent out and followed up often is hey did so and so get the thing in the We're just actually we're just waiting to uh, understand is Chet the right guy to to send some marketing collateral to you just around video and they're like yeah can't you just email it to us, and it's like no it's a video brochure it actually goes in the post and like they think it's foreign ads right but yeah uh, but post is for millennials new for us for me <laughs> not so not so new but it is in a way coming coming back because it, you know video in a video brochure is combining both electronic and tactile marketing into one and you know really all you need to be doing is putting a simple message in there if the agenda or the outcome is to get the foot in the door to get that first meeting to get them to reply act do something then you don't need to try and sell the whole bloody package you just need to give them a quick simple message and say hey I'm thinking yeah. about you and I want to I want to chat you know like give us an opportunity this is you know some people went with mannequins and did the whole thing to kind of like get <laughs> get the foot in the door <laughs> as such this is just a nice neat way uh, hard to not open because it is lumpy and it is kind of got a bit of weight to it. It's not like just a shitty. Paper brochure, not that I'm discounting paper mm-hmm. brochures because they do work, but um, not quite as effective. Uh, but yeah, the ROI is is good. You know, it's 10x on on this this sort of stuff because you know you're pouring a lot of energy. There's a lot of moving parts, and I think to your point, yeah. it's like you know f- to do it well, you can't just go, oh yeah, bang, here's a name, flick the thing. Oh, they either did or they didn't. It's a numbers game. <laughs> yeah, you know, like these guys are pouring real. energy investment and real energy into putting these together because their, their, um, dollar value out of this is huge. They only need probably a couple of these to drop for the whole thing to be profitable, um, and, and great for them. So,
1: um, and that's what I tell people all the time. I'm like, look, you're not chasing 15 appointments a month, right? In, in outbound sales, ABS strategy, sales development, whatever you want to call it. Right you're not chasing 20 people. You're not chasing 50 people. You need 10 people basically from, from your outreach to follow through, go through a meeting, and then you're going to have all those leftovers from your other activity that'll get you to your 12 or 15 a month. That's your quota. But you're really just looking for eight to 10 people a month. Very simple.
0: Are you a believer quality over
1: quantity? No, you can have both. Okay, That's the problem. There's so many tools at our disposal right now. I mean, look, I come, the first sales job I ever had, I walked in the door of this crappy building with this bad carpet and these gray walls. The guy hands me a big, huge book, The Yellow Pages, right? You remember the, I don't know if yeah, you I ever are yes, well, yes. big Yeah, <laughs> I Yeah, right? Like big old business directory. I'd say Yellow Pages. People are like, what the hell are you talking about? Like the, the website? Like, no, it was a book at one time with businesses. He handed me that, a hardwired phone, a legal pad, and a pen. And he said, here's the deal. You either book me three appointments for tomorrow or you make 100 calls. That's how you get paid. If you don't hit either of those, you don't get paid. You got to hit one or the other or both. That was sales to me at the beginning, mm-hmm. right? And it was just going through the business directory, setting appointments for this guy, right? That's what I was doing. I think I don't care what business you talk to, just set me appointments, to go talk to these businesses about this thing. Okay, cool. That was so grueling. And I had, that was like an after hours job for me when I was going through college, right? That was four hours to make a hundred cold calls or set three appointments, whichever came first. Now it's like, we have people that are crying about making 20 calls. Yes. Are you kidding me? We have software that just loads everybody that you need to talk to up and you just go bing, bing, yeah. bing, 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 bing. I mean, not to say I'm a rock star. Everybody thinks yeah. they were a rock star when they were a rep, but I, I've honestly gone on these calls with with reps and sat there and went, okay, let's go. And we'll get 15 minutes in, make 10 calls. Nobody will pick up. They'll go, we, we want to keep going. Yeah, we've been dialing for 15 minutes. Let's go resiliency. Let's go like one hour, like put a full hour in. By the end of that hour, they've hit 45 calls and they're like, wow, I didn't think that was possible. Why? Everything's loaded up for you. Yes. Bust through your calls, yes. go through your email, yes, yes. go send some videos. Yes. Just, you got a time box. Yes. So if you time box, you can, you can achieve a lot in that singular amount of time. Where rep, most reps go wrong is they'll make eight calls. One person will pick up. They'll say, oh, you know what? I'm not the right person to talk to. You need to go talk to Chris. And then they'll go in their CRM, they'll make their notes, they'll go on Zoom info, they'll try to find who Chris is, they'll add them on LinkedIn, they'll research Chris, they'll look at us, they'll do all this work, and the next thing they know, they're in their email block, or their video yeah. block, or their social selling block. Write that down on a piece of paper, go continue your call block, maximize your time, be in that task, and then when you have an admin block later, then go and do all those notes, right? Write it down on a piece of paper. Kevin said he's not the right guy to talk to. Need to talk to Chris, VP of sales. Boom, next call. Now you can complete those 30 calls, 40 calls in an hour. Then you move to this task block. Then you move to that task block. And look, time boxing is one key of it. The other part is the tech stack. We have the tech stack. Even if you just have something like HubSpot and you're using that for a marketing CRM and a sales engagement tool, or if you have what I call the holy trinity, right? You have your Salesforce, you have your outreach and, and your data enrichment tool or LinkedIn. Right. If you, even if you're fully loaded, like it doesn't matter if there you're going to have something basic or even something premium, regardless, you already have more technology than people that were working on Wall Street and boiler rooms in the That's 80s right. making
0: 300 in the yeah. eight hour
1: business day. Yeah. And so there's so much opportunity out there, so many more touch points than what we're giving ourselves credit.
0: For. I don't even know how to respond to that, but um, I suppose the wolf of Wall Street, you know, is like, how did we get to a point i guess you know you look at that movie and it's all about making calls and scripts right you know maybe it's re- repeat the process but how have we now gotten into a state where people need you know whatever it is 13 20 bloody <laughs> touch points for the penny to drop at some you know point it's not just oh the, the the quick call or the quick email that 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 moves people it's it's a lot of Ongoing activity, you know, social media obviously plays a big part in that. What uh, what's your version of the, of the the climate of the world? Is is it has technology, you know, phones, you know, the diversification of of people's attention meant that now they just need to be hit in the same way from multiple different angles for for it for them to really pay attention. It's
1: like if you went to Coachella, right?
0: The reason the main stage is farther away from everything else because
1: that's that's the main stage those are the people that if anything we want everybody to hear these people right these are the big names you don't put a small stage and another small stage next to a main stage now on the other side of coachella you'll have a small stage and then another small stage and then another small stage right because it's the noise when it's the little ones when it's the extra artists when it's the side artists the niche artists it's okay if there's a lot of noise because that eh, 30 people will be there 100 there 80 there but when it comes to the main stage, it's on the other end of the park. It's all by itself because that's where the Kanye Wests are performing. That's where the, the the machine gun Kellys are performing, right? It's the main stage. They don't want a lot of noise around there. And so all it is now is there's just so much noise, right? There are robo dialers. So the phone, you know, in the last five years, phones have really died down just because of, you know, now iPhones are so smart. This is scam likely, right? On like 90% of calls. Uh, now companies are getting smart where they have these tools where they have these local dialers so you can dial as if you're in that person's area code and I hear it all the time on cold calls were like hey I only picked up because one guy literally I listened to a call today he says you called me I went to a school in Tampa and this was a Tampa number. And I thought it might be somebody from my college, like asking for a donation or something like that, because he just got promoted to a VP job. He's like, I think somebody's like looking at me on LinkedIn, trying to get donation money out of me as an alumni. That's the only reason I picked up this call. Now, good thing that, I mean, that method kind of worked. They had a conversation, but a lot of people are now learning that and they're getting skeptical Mm -hmm. about that. Mm spam hmm. this is why I'm kind of hesitant to send videos and emails anymore because a lot of times it's a link right you can't fully embed a clickable video it's it's a link right well links and emails are starting to hinder emails because email software companies is getting so smart right. that it automatically marks it as spam right. and if you hit if you hit spam too many times they'll automatically mark your domain as spam right. now anybody from your company trying to reach out with that domain, is now is now on the pooper right All so right. it's kind of uh, i think it's just too much noise has people hesitant yes. that's why it's about building a more relational one-on-one connection yes. and where do you have a one-on-one connection with now online right youtube there are youtubers that i watch that i don't i don't think about like the community behind mav this kid that's 25 years old and camps in his truck in minnesota that i like to watch because it's just fun videos I don't think about his community. I think about the one on one connection I have with him as a viewer to a content creator, right? Like what I like watching. That's why they're very personal. They talk in the camera, they talk to you. That's the importance of video. It's the same thing on TikTok. I don't look at it as much as a community as I do a one on one relationship. That's why it's called like a vlog. It's a one sided relationship. Mm. It's, it's the coolest thing about stand up comedy. The hardest part about it is you're trying to learn how to have a one sided conversation with many different people at one time. That's why they say stand up comedy is actually like the art of it yeah. is so hard. And yes. it takes people, you won't hear of a stand up comic for years. Yes. It's not like somebody does stand up comedy and six months later yes. they're, they have a Netflix yeah. special. It takes them eight to 10 years. Yeah. yeah. So I think sales is kind of the same thing. It's just there's so much information that it's become so generalized that people have lost that one on one connection. Even if you look back at Wolf of Wall Street, Boiler Room, all that stuff, right? It was still go make 500 calls. So yeah, there still was a lot of quantity, but we didn't have a bunch of other avenues of getting targeted. And so it was still very new. The concept of sales and what was being sold was very new. And so people were less prone to feeling attacked as opposed to now. So while the technology allows us the ability to do more in less time, so quality and quantity, it's also kind of the problem. So we need to learn how to equally balance it a little bit better.
0: I'm interested. Do you leave voicemails any longer? Because I'm, pretty much done with leaving voicemails like I only in rare occasions would I bother because I, I would actually hang up straight away particularly the ones that say "Have you got 10 seconds to leave some robot <laughs> we'll, we'll transfer it to text I'm like I'm not into that at all um yeah but I will hang up straight away and send a text message mm. what's your version of that uh, I have I haven't jumped on the texting bandwagon yet. I'm still flirting with that a little bit on
1: outbound in the States. It's a little complicated because of like compliance laws and take me off your lists and all that crap, especially because everybody's working from home. It feels like, uh, for the most part, for a lot of, lot of businesses, um, especially like in my industry, we're targeting tech salespeople. Like that's who we talk to, uh, most of them are working from home. So it's their cell phone. So it's a little, it's a little risky. But um, voicemails. Yeah, there's there's something I learned in voicemails under 30 seconds, typically under 20 seconds should always direct them to something else and then leave your name and number at the end, because if you leave your name and number at the front end, they go, oh, Chris from Ridge Films. OK, I know who this is. Hey, this is Chris, from Ridge Films. Oh, I know who that is right. Yeah. <laughs> Delete. But if you say, hey, Chet, uh, send over some collateral mm-hmm. that I thought would be interesting mm-hmm. to you. I got something else headed your way. It's a video brochure. So make sure that you get it um because it put a lot of effort into it wouldn't want something like that to get lost in the mail um shoot me a call back if you want or I'd love to hear your thoughts via email when you get it this is Chris rich films At yes great one 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 but yeah I, I still leave voicemails but they're they're very tight they direct yes. them towards something Good. else and then I leave my name and information at the end so as not to put that information up front and allow them to just you know write me off
0: we'll be back in a short moment with Chet Lovegren Are your DIY videos holding you back? Nowadays, video is everything, and there's a more streamlined way to present yourself professionally on video rather than a crappy webcam, and you can do it from the convenience of your desk. It's called the DIY Video Program. The DIY Video Program allows you to create course content, send personalized sales video and emails, record regular video updates for social media, and look and sound amazing in every video interaction with a single push of a button. Professional lights, professional sound, camera, teleprompter, and all the skills you need to supercharge how you sell market and teach learn more and go to richfilms.com.au slash diy chet we're all could talk for ages mate and um (laughs) because it's so like it's so us right now you know five ten years ago we wouldn't even know what the hell you're talking about but right now is it's so hot (laughs) And this integration with video is just such great timing. Um, Tell us what, I guess, the mistakes are, some of the mistakes people make, and I guess, what your top tips are for avoiding those mistakes. Waiting. No need to wait. Just go do it now.
1: Zig Ziglar, one of the greatest salespeople that ever walked this earth, said, anything worth doing is worth doing poorly. You're you're gonna suck at first. I mean, if you saw the way I was filming video or like podcast content like this, I mean, I got a green screen now. I got five hundred dollars worth of lighting. I got a DSLR. I'm working on a nice lens, right? I, I'm trying to get to your game, Chris. I'm trying to get to your level, crystal clear, me, great background. I'll We're flick trying, over, yeah, mate, yeah, so you, you can see the whole thing, right? <laughs> See, yeah, exactly. I'm trying to get there. Like I'm, I'm not there yet. I'm working there, okay. but um, you know, when I first started, it was honestly, it was it was my cell phone turned sideways on a little. On a little thing that clipped onto my desk because it had the iPhone had a better camera than this Logitech webcam I was using for work. No lighting. Didn't care that my bed was in the background, right? Because I live in LA. We outgrew our house. We have three kids now. I don't think we were expecting to grow that fast in two years. So, um, you know, we had we had two kids in 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 the last uh, three years here, and so we're kind of outgrowing our house. So now my my me and my wife's bedroom is now my office space as well. But I didn't care about all that, right? I didn't care what my background looked like. I didn't care about anything. I just wanted to get in front of people and make a connection. Because you know what? 90% of the people I were targeting were in the same position. I was targeting VPs of sales in New York that have four kids and live in a three-bedroom apartment. You know what I mean? Because New York is super expensive. Even though they're a VP of sales, they're still paying like five grand a month to live there. I was targeting, you know, young SDR managers that were living in an apartment with their girlfriend or something like that, right? They didn't care either because they were in a similar workspace. You know, we forget that 90% of people are living in the same circumstance that we kind of are in that regard. I jump on video calls with people all day long. Most of them have a bed or a TV or a kitchen table in the background. Not a lot of people are working in their very own specific space. And it's a very unique subset of people. I would say one out of 10 people have a very special, dedicated background. And so we wait. We wait because we put up all these things that we think need to be perfect. You're going to fail. Go fail now. Rather than waiting until everybody else has already failed and they figured it out, don't wait. Do it now so you can be ahead of the curve. We're already already behind the curve, actually. Reality is we're already behind. People are catching on to it. I get video emails from candidates all day long as I'm hiring SDRs right now. The people that know what they're doing, they're sending me video emails. They're sending me video through LinkedIn. They're sending me LinkedIn voicemails. They're reaching out to other people at my company and asking what their experience at the company has been like. They're sending them video messages. People are already using video, so you better start failing now or else you're really gonna fail later, but you can't wait. Don't wait, just start doing it now and you'll start building different things over time. You'll get a background. You'll start lighting your background. You'll upgrade your lighting. You'll get a better camera. You'll figure out how to get your camera set up on your computer. You'll start doing all these things, but if you don't know how to just point and shoot and have a conversation, it doesn't matter if you can set up a 2,500 $5,000, $50,000 $5,000, $50,000 camera setup doesn't matter because you don't even know how to point and shoot, learn to point and shoot. Just go from there. Stop waiting. There's no time like the present.
0: Anything we're doing is worth doing poorly. Go out there and just do it. Is it a case of it being so overwhelming? People don't know how to bite off that chunk of the elephant and just commit to it and repeat the process. Is that what, is that why people aren't getting on the, you know, is that why we're behind, you know, I'll say universally, is that why we're behind a little bit? Yeah, it's imposter syndrome. You know, you yeah. look, you look at I, I waited
1: for I waited for months to start a TikTok because all the other sales leadership people yes. and stuff like that and career coaches on TikTok had great produced content. Yeah then I learned from a TikTok strategist that, you know what, Just do you. when LinkedIn algorithm is actually watching your videos, they actually like seeing raw unproduced footage yes. because they don't want this to turn into a commercial platform yes. like that. They like that the users don't feel that imposter syndrome yes. because they could just video themselves. Yes. They like that unique connection where people are like, I don't care. Hey, you know what? My name is XYZ NFL athlete. I'm worth millions of dollars. But I'm not doing some fancy footage here. I'm literally setting my iPhone up on the practice field and running drills with my wide receiver. People like that raw, authentic footage. Mm. And so the algorithm actually appreciates that. And so when I learned that, I was like, okay, cool. Just started shooting videos in my kitchen or in my living room or in my car. Like, I, I didn't care. Just started shooting videos right here, holding my camera right here. But it it is part of that. It's imposter syndrome. It feels like a lot to bite off. We think we have to do all these things. We get these parameters built up in our brain. And so we just get paralysis analysis and we
0: never do it. How should people learn more from you around all of this? Because I think a lot of people hear that, would hear that imposter syndrome and, and still not be able to, to to take that leap and to jump that hurdle and to start and to, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a lot for people to consume. They know that they've got to do it, but then it's kind of like, how? How do I take that first step? You know, it's like, yes, jump in mm-hmm. and do that. But like jumping in and recording a video is not necessarily building a repeatable process that's going to deliver results yeah. over time. That's just shooting a video and, you know, they're just in video in itself has so many moving parts this is not even fucking you know like this is not about sales even at this point this is just about them trying to string two words together and not look like a dick and not come out looking (laughs) so self-conscious that they can't that they take the next okay good i learn a lot now i'll do the next one and now i'll do the next one like i mean this is a great segue for our diy video program because we have acknowledged all of that and a Helping people, coaching them through all this, including the hardware and the and the training afterwards. But for the people that we're talking to right now, is it a case where they really should just get some professional help <laughs> to do it properly and to do it like to get going quickly? I mean, you're an anomaly, really, when you think about it. I mean, you know, your your journey probably wasn't you know overnight, but it, but it, but you had an accrual of knowledge that you accumulated and repeated over over time. So is is a solution, coach? A, a guide to someone to to sort of teach them how to do it.
1: You know, the most real piece of advice I have for people is go get married and have a kid, and then see how fast you want to figure things out. Right. <laughs> that, was a, that that was that was my life, right? It was like, oh my god, they really got to take this seriously. Yeah. Um, but I would say on a more practical level, right? I think there's value to it. Like, reality is an SDR that's just trying to figure it out that doesn't know what they're doing. That's 24 years old, making maybe on track to make 50, 60 US a year. I don't know if going and paying for someone like me who does you know 500 sessions for career coaching or going and paying for a diy program whatever the cost might be I'm, I'm sure it's not you know 100 bucks i don't know if that's relevant i would say if you're looking for the cheapest option go start with the community go talk to other people in a community like pavilion or or find a channel on linkedin about video prospecting just start trying yep. to seek out your own resources yep. I would say for people that are in a position where they're like, this is something I need to take advantage of. I need to make that investment in yes. Get a coach, get a program, get a product in place. There's a lot of stuff online. Chris has stuff that he's offering. I don't have like anything structured for this. I'm always happy to connect with people and like talk through process and share video scripts and sequences that have video prospecting in them for sales dev teams, but go find that structured training. Like that's, I made an $8,000 investment this year in public speaking and and training on how to be a better public speaker and how to run the business of public speaking because I started earning a lot of like consulting gigs and training gigs and go speak to our company about this, this, and this. And I said, you know what? I need to get better as a speaker. I need to take this more seriously. I need to understand the business of speaking as well because I was asking a lot of consulting friends like, oh, how do you do this? Or what does your contract look like for this? Or what should I ask for? Who pays for this? And I went and made that investment because it was time. Right. I can understand though how someone might not have the ability to make any level of investment. And if you're in that position, right, if you're young and hungry and just trying to get started, go access the community, get the go knowledge. on TikTok. You can learn a lot on TikTok. Yep. Yeah. Just get a base understanding yep. of knowledge. Yep. Look at other SDRs yep. around you. Go find an SDR community. But if you are a little bit more elevated yep. than that, you should make the investment yes. sooner than you think you yes. need to because it's going to pay you dividends. Like, what's one extra deal for you? Yeah. You know what I mean? If you're an account executive, you spend $2500 on the course, but one extra one extra enterprise deal could bring you 5k in commission. That sounds like a pretty darn good investment because you're probably going to win more than one deal yeah. over the next year from from taking that course, if,
0: right? If the pain is great enough and you value either knowledge or value getting things done quicker with a coach, someone to expedite the process, then you will figure it out. Yep. But if you if it's low on your value, if it's the pain's not that great, you're not really you don't care either way, then you're not going to bother with it and keep hacking away and chipping and procrastinating and sitting around going oh yeah I should really do that which I've got to say so many people still do right <laughs> I shoulda yeah. I woulda I coulda <laughs> um, if, just- if
1: you're a 24 year old SDR and you've been doing sales for three months go figure out how to cold call and cold email first before you start trying like. You know what I mean? Go put on your underwear before you try to put on shoes and run outside run. the house, right? Because yep. you don't want to be run around butt naked. But like, if you are in a position where like, hey, I, I'm, I'm properly clothed when I'm running outside, but I need to run faster, then yes, it's time to make that investment. You probably should make it a little sooner than you think because the longer you wait, the farther behind you going
0: to be well that I gotta say we've gone way longer than we used to so uh, if you want to learn more about video prospecting or Chet Lovegren have a look at the show notes for details Chet thank you so much for for extending the time for us uh, it was very relevant for for Ridge Films and f- and for us and a great uh, synergy between sales and, and video they're talking right through all of those points it was just a fantastic discussion and thank you so much for uh, being on the show my pleasure Chris thank you so much enjoy the rest of your evening people still love buying from people and personalized videos to reach out to them can make a huge difference in your sales thanks for tuning in that's all for this episode of video made simple podcast I look forward to seeing you next week